Welcome to the podcast. This is You Gotta Watch This. I'm your host, Aaron, and with me is your host, Nick. Welcome to the podcast. This is You Gotta Watch This. I'm your host, Nick, and with me is your host, Aaron. All right. So you, you came up with a new thing, as you mentioned last week, but it's just the thing that I've been doing. Yeah, it's just your thing. <laughs> okay. Hey, you know what? It, it's working. Why mess with the working formula? So <laughs> exactly. The more the merrier. I, I see you doing it every week, and I got real jealous. I just wanted to try it on. Just wanted to try it on for size. Well, this is the podcast where we watch every Marvel Cinematic Universe film. Every single one. And then, and then we talk about it. We actually watch one and then talk about it, then watch another and talk about yeah. it. We don't watch them all and then talk about it because, man, that would have been a really long lead up for just one episode. Yeah. And, uh, and, and a very also long a 23 episode. hour podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and this is, as you mentioned, episode 23, Spider-Man Far From Home. This is, as of the time of recording, the last MCU film to be released in theaters and we just watched it, and so now we do the the part where we talk about it. Yeah. So Nick, uh, what's your hot take? Um, this, so I don't have like going into this, I didn't have a ton of like super high expectations, especially after Endgame. Like I was just expecting this to be a fun romp and be entertained, and uh, that's exactly how I felt about it. It was very funny. <laughs> um, I thought the action sequences were fun. Um, you still had that uh, sort of teen romance vibe, the teen rom-com kind of vibe of the, of the first Spider-Man. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's it's a fun, self-contained, pretty lighthearted little romp, yeah. you know? And I think it's what you need after the heaviness of Endgame, yep. you know? It's it's kind of a bouncing back and saying, look, we can, we can go back to the way it was. Yeah. Um, so let's, for the people who didn't just finish watching this, let's do your patented Nick's three-minute recap. Oh, yeah, three minutes. Guess what? I think I might be able to do it this time. Okay, well, you don't have any um, reality-bending drones to help you, so you're going to have to do it all your own, okay. no spinning. just the regular drones. Yeah, just a regular drone, no reality-bending ones. Let me, uh, let me put three minutes on the clock. Okay. And then uh you can go and take the two seconds off from last week okay three minutes go <laughs> all right so starts off in extenco mexico nick fury and agent hill um are there and this rando guy shows up and starts fighting a rock monster what the heck so cut to morning announcements at school peter likes M mj um there's a trip to europe planned uh auntie may is doing a fundraiser happy shows up with a check and they flirt Ooh, cute nick fury calls peter but he sends it to voicemail um he's overwhelmed by media and the pressure uh, of being a superhero. Um, so they trip to Venice. Um, there's something in the water. Uh-oh, some kind of water monster pops up. Same rando guy shows up again and fights it. Uh, Peter helps, sort of. Um, green rando wins, and turns out his name is Mysterio. Um, Nick Fury shows up to talk to Peter, um, and it turns out weather events have been uh, like coming alive and destroying towns uh, all over the world, trying to figure it out. Um, so Stark left some glasses for Peter, um, so he takes him to the base. Um, he meets Quentin Beck, um, who's from another version of Earth or another timeline. Um, and he's battling elementals. Uh, there's only fire left in this version uh, or this timeline of Earth. So Peter declines to help. Um, he doesn't want to do it. So they manipulate the situation and bring Peter's trip to Prague, which is where they think the next one's going to go. Um, so he puts on the Edith glasses. So that's what they are. Um, and he also gets another suit so he can remain anonymous and still help um, the fight. Um, Fury is kind of hard on him. Um, Peter's struggling with being a regular teenager and a superhero. He's being feel, pulled in two directions. Um, so the fire monster shows up in the middle of a big festival. 
Beck dives into it and saves the day. Um, Fury wants Peter to decide if he's a superhero or not. Uh, so Peter thinks Tony gave him the glasses to give uh, to the next Iron Man. Um, and Peter thinks that that is Mysterio. So he gives him uh, the glasses. But huge reveal. It was a ploy the whole time by this team of former Stark employees. Uh, it was illusion tech and weapons tech. It was disgruntled ex-employees. They faked the whole thing for power. So MJ knows that he's Spider-Man. Peter now realizes that Mysterio faked it. Uh-oh. And Mysterio is planning on faking a big London attack to sort of win everybody's uh, hearts and become this famous superhero um, for power. So Peter has to get out of Berlin <laughs> and warn Fury, um, but he gets sucked into Mysterio's illusions. Um, so Mysterio thinks he has managed to kill Peter, but he hasn't, um, and he's going to kill all of his classmates just to make sure the story doesn't get out. So Peter gets some help from Happy, configures a new suit. Mysterio starts this London operation, and Peter shows up to stop it. He zaps a bunch of drones and destroys this illusion. There's a big fight in London. Um, he goes into the illusion, and he uses his spidey sense to get through it, and he defeats Mysterio. Um, Peter and MJ smooch. Uh, the mid credit scene, Spider-Man is being framed as a bad guy. Oh, no. Holy crap. Uh, post credit scene, it was actually Talos posing as Fury uh, and Hill the whole time. Fury is on a spaceship on vacation or something. Done. Wow. That was like almost exactly when the timer went off. Whoa! That was awesome. Good job. Uh, uh, it only took right. me 23 so, tr tries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you got there. Um, and that's what matters. Um, so let's talk about this film. Um, it's definitely got a lot of the comedic um, bent of the first Spider-Man yeah. film uh, with the addition of J.B. Smoove to the cast, yep. who is so, so funny. Yeah, I, th I thought he was a great addition. Um, great to give Martin Starr, it was a genius idea to give Martin Starr, who's also great, somebody else to kind of play off against. Yeah. Because uh, we've already seen him hapless on a field trip before. Yeah. So it's nice to have J.B. Smoove be like the anti-Martin yep. uh, Store yeah. uh, on that trip. And, uh, you know, he's he's still a teacher, you know, but he's definitely more into like the bare minimum. Right. <laughs> <what> to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, I, I, I absolutely loved uh, seeing him in this. Um, but yeah, uh, Peter is is definitely we get reminded, I think, after the events of Infinity War that he is just a 16 year old kid. Yeah. Who, didn't really ask to be a superhero or right. to have these responsibilities. And, you know, when he sees like, okay, Nick Fury and they have all this stuff and you got this guy from another dimension, like what, you know, do they really need me? Can yeah. they just do this? Oh yeah. And he, 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 you know, he's, and you know, you can definitely see why he wants to do this. He wants to focus on his life. You know, he's a teenager. He's got a crush. He's got, you know, school assignments. He wants to just be a teenager. Um, and you totally, exactly. you totally get that. I mean, and you feel for him. Um, and he, he wants a vacation. Like he yeah. wants to not like, you know, he doesn't want to give up being a superhero forever, but just like not right now. Right. And he's this level of threat too. like, he's when he's fighting the water monster in Venice or, you know, in quotation marks, the water monster, mm -hmm. you get the sense it's definitely like above his pay grade. Yeah. Like he doesn't have a lot of tools to handle something made out of water. Right. Yeah. He tries a couple of times and doesn't work. Uh, he he's, can't latch he's onto good it. For like, he's good for like ATM robberies and stuff like that. Yeah. Like that's his, well, like, that's it, his like forte. During the, uh, the little media blitz uh, during that <laughs> fundraiser, they're asking him, you know, sort of global questions. Who's the next Spider-Man? What do you think? You know, what if more right. aliens attack? And he, his response is like, do you have any neighborhood questions? 
or local yeah, questions. Absolutely. You know, that's, that's where he still feels that's his level. Um, I do mm-hmm. think this movie is, is sort of him learning that he is stronger than he thinks and he can take on more than he thinks he can. Yes. Um, and it, but it is sort of a coming of age in that sense, you know, like a it, incremental growth. You know, it, this was larger. Um, it turns out it wasn't elemental monsters. It was somebody, you know, trying to game the system. And that was just as dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what's in- most interesting uh, uh, about the whole thing is that he sort of like has felt like he's had this safety net you know, like Fury and yeah. Shield, and it turns out they weren't there at all the whole time. <laughs> yeah, which I, I, I want to talk about that later. We won't get too bogged down in that, but let's kind of yeah. talk about the. Um, yeah, so the, I think you're you absolutely hit it on the head. Like this is about him, you know, coming into his own and realizing, like, to you know, don't try to be Iron Man. You know, Happy said you're not Iron Man, yeah. and you'll never be Iron. Man. Right. Uh, you're, implication you know, being that no one will be. Even exactly. though, like, that note says, give to the next Iron Man. Like, there's yeah. not going to be another Iron Man. Right. He, you know, it's and just work on being uh, Spider-Man. Work on being Peter Parter, yeah. which is enough. Right. Like, that's enough. And uh, and when he does that, when he focuses on himself and, and you know, like, just trying to be who, who he is, uh, he, he ends up doing it. Yeah. And, and uh, he, I love... The shot of him designing his new suit and Happy's looking at him. Yeah. And it's clear Happy is seeing a little bit of Tony Stark. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. In that moment, you know, that was the closest he had been, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought I, that was a nice little scene. Um, another kind of piece to this that we've, it's kind of explicit. They're talking about a new power he has or something maybe he's always had, but he's learning to develop and use more as his, uh, you know, in the comics it's known as a Spidey sense. Yeah his his uh, sixth sense but i love that they call it the peter tingle yeah. in this <laughs> such yeah, a great very funny and that he hates it and everybody <laughs> keeps calling it that in in the comics the way it, it helps him um protect himself against threats and it's implied that it's or i think they even outright say that it, it, that spider sense helps him like web swing so he knows exactly like how to attach his webs and where like what parts of buildings yeah will support his weight without him having to like think about it. he can do it like in a split second kind of because of this yeah yeah exactly because of this sixth sense but it doesn't work against people who don't mean him harm or if he doesn't consider them to be a threat, then it won't work. Huh. And and that's kind of where, and, and that's how it is in the comics, but it also explains why uh, Aunt May was able to hit him in the face with a banana. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it he, he can dodge bullets, but not a banana to the face because yeah. it's not a real threat. Like, right. he'll be okay. <laughs> um, so let's, let's talk a little bit about Mysterio. Did you see that twist coming? I did not. Um, I will say that I did... When he, when they revealed the name Mysterio, I feel like I vaguely recall him being a bad guy. Like, I think uh-huh. I knew that, like, as a kid. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, maybe I guess I was wrong, or maybe something's coming. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I, I wasn't um, utterly surprised. Yeah. But I, I was surprised in the manner and fashion in which it happened. Uh, the, I thought uh, that was a really interesting twist, that it was all, like, this facade like mm-hmm. not even a real superhero like he's just you know a guy he's a special effects guy yeah. you know yeah he uh he uh yeah i i like that 
you know, people going into this who were comic book fans would obviously remember Mysterio from Spider-Man's Rogues Gallery. He's a very famous Spider-Man villain. And so you would know, like, oh, Mysterio's up to something. Yeah. Uh, but the way they presented it, and after Captain Marvel turning the scrolls thing on its head, you know, it makes you start to second guess yourself. Yeah. And you're like, well, you know, they did the scrolls differently. Maybe Mysterio's different, too. Mm-hmm. And the whole story with and I feel like they do a good job of almost like kind of hanging a lampshade on some of the sillier parts of the MCU mm-hmm. where his whole backstory where he's from an alternate dimension and yeah you know they even I don't, if, I don't know if you caught it but he mentions that this is earth 616 yeah, yeah, which yeah, is yeah, yeah. what I mentioned last uh-huh. week uh and he's from earth 833 and the elementals destroyed his earth and he's coming back and then he talks to he's got a guy on his team he's got a whole team of people helping him be a supervillain yeah and uh, a guy on his team, his job is just to write the stories right. that he's like, these are ridiculous. Yeah. And everybody's buying it. Yeah. And it's ridiculous. You know. Um, yeah. I, I think that's a great. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I really just dug the whole way they handled Mysterio. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I think that there's like a neat little meta comment on the fascination, like our fascination with Marvel and superheroes. Like they're sort mm-hmm. of like pointing at that. Like those just believe anything now. Yeah. Oh, and, and that, you know, he's like, you can be the smartest guy in the room. He's definitely got this complex, you know, where he's like, you can be the smartest guy in the room, but if you're not wearing a cape and shooting lasers out of your hands, no one will even listen to you. Yeah. And so he that's kind of his, you know, you see where he's coming, like where he's right. trying to invent the superhero persona. Yeah. Uh, and then it's, you know, he mentions that Tony Stark fired him. Because he was unstable. And the way he says it is clearly like, well, that's just an excuse. But then we see, like, he's pretty messed yeah, up. Yeah. <laughs> like, where he basically holds a gun on everybody in his organization uh-huh. when he gets frustrated. Uh, the design of the Mysterio costume, and somebody, like, says it in the movie. They're like, he's like Iron Man and Thor, like, rolled into one. <laughs> and he's got some Iron Man elements to his design he's got obviously thor elements and a, and a big helping of doctor strange i got in a there. lot of the doctor strange feel yeah. especially like the the green uh like triangle kind of yes things and like very reminiscent of that so i don't know if it was his his writer or if he had somebody else on the team designing that costume but they clearly were like what are all the like parts that are interesting about all existing superheroes yeah, yeah. and let's combine they just, them they took just sort so- of like the dream team and threw it in a blender and yeah. uh you know took a little bit of each yeah, it's like it's like super uh, villainy, like meets like a like a focus group research, you know, <laughs> right. kind of like it's all just designed to be consumed by the world, yeah. you know, that they and he his clear goal was to be the next Iron Man, yeah. you know, the next Tony Stark leader of the Avengers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he, you know, he always planned to kill uh nick fury yeah. but but not peter parker he he wanted to ha- continue to build a relationship with peter it seemed like maybe convince him to retire the superhero thing you mm-hmm. know but he was you know he he kind of gets really really mad when he finds out he has to kill peter parker it doesn't make him not want to do it like he's not conflicted at all yeah you know he's just annoyed that he has to do it now right. uh what did you think of that sequence where he was kind of tormenting uh oh, peter pretty, with all the really illusions neat. um yeah, no, I, I, I've, I like that. Like, I'm assuming that the original Mysterio was some sort of like mind bending. You know, he had illusions, and like, I like that they made it a technology thing. That, yeah. and it, you know, it, it's interesting that that's almost something that like you can't get out of. 
I mean, it, mm-hmm. uh, it was like y- you started to feel claustrophobic caught within yeah. the illusion. Absolutely. And then like sort of the fake out when he gets the information of like who who has he told? You know, he he pretends like the illusion has ended and Fury has saved the day, but mm-hmm. that's still just part of the same illusion. That's just the yes. continuation. He's 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 engineering these uh scenarios to like for maxim maximum efficacy to get what he needs out of his target. Mm-hmm. And it's a combination of these illusions, but maybe you get the sense Edith, you know, we see can tap into like communications networks and has access to what everybody's texting each other uh-huh. and everybody's private things, you know. So he's obviously got a file on Peter and he's just pushing like every button yeah. to like weaken his psyche. Yeah. So he's more you know, he's less able to tap into that Peter Tingle uh-huh. and see what's going on. And he's really trying to like you know, attack him emotionally, you know, and, and weaken his resolve. Right. Um, since you mentioned it in, in the comics, Mysterio doesn't have any, uh, supernatural powers or superpowers of any kind. He is a, um, special effects and stuntman for Hollywood. Interesting. Yeah. And he's, he was introduced in 1964, uh, in amazing Spider-Man number 13. So his special effects would have been very practical effects like yeah. smoke machines, mirrors, <laughs> you know, things like that. Right. Uh, so, um, uh, you know, obviously in, in the modern age, the equivalent of that would be special effects would all be done on a computer and you wouldn't even bother projecting them into the world. You know, it would all be done on the screen. Uh-huh. So they, um, you know, they, they made him more of a holographic guy. And I think tying it into... Um, and I'm sure you caught it. Uh, he's the guy who created that illusion at the beginning of yeah. Captain America Civil War. Yeah, it was pretty neat. And I, I really loved how they tied in that. And, and uh, the guy who um, gets yelled at by Obadiah Stane. Yes, yeah. Uh, and does a little tie flip. One of my favorite like lines from the movie Iron Man. I was so excited in the theater to see that called back. And that's actually the actor <laughs> who was in that scene. That's pretty cool. They got him to come back, yeah. you know, 11 years later to play like <laughs> a version of that character who's turned to crime. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is amazing. Um, but, but yeah, so uh, in, in the comics, he uh, uses his illusions because he doesn't see a future in special effects in Hollywood. Maybe he, you know, uh, Stan Lee could kind of see the future and knew that we'd all be, <laughs> right. you know, so he, uh, he knew that like practical effects were on the way out. So he decides to turn to a life of crime, as all Spider-Man villains do. Uh-huh. They, they use their abilities to uh, steal big bags uh, with dollar signs on yep. them from uh-huh. banks. Those are the best kind. He actually... In his first appearance, he frames Spider-Man for robbing a museum and sets himself up as a hero. So that's and, that may be the theme they're playing with here. Yeah. Um, yes. I like and, that. And Spider-Man has to clear his name and uh, get Mysterio arrested. But yeah, and that first one, uh, everybody, uh, J. Jonah Jameson, who we saw, and we'll talk about that uh, at the end of this film, who is the, the uh, editor of the Daily Bugle, uh, you know, uh, lauds Mysterio as the greatest superhero of all time because he proved that Spider-Man was a no good crook. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, and in, in, in later um, uh, appearances, he um, he uh, again uses his illusions. He poses as a psychiatrist and tries to convince Spider-Man he's insane. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, at one point he creates robot versions of the X-Men to fight Spider-Man. Like he does all these crazy things. Yeah. He's, and I just, I remember when I heard Mysterio was going to be in this movie, I remember thinking, how on earth are they going to do it? Yeah. <laughs> like, that is such a weird 60s, like, <laughs> there's just no way to get it in there. And it, it works. Yeah. <laughs> it really works with this. Yeah. 
And I think that uh, they have always had fun, like, throwing the names around. It was interesting that they, like, a lot of times the naming conventions for, like, the villains and stuff, they may, like, say it in passing, but that's not, they don't refer to that villain or person as that name. Yeah. As if that were the villain's real name, you know, but they actually, like, I mean, they sort of, like you said, hung a lampshade on it, but, you know, that was just in in passing that like they the in Italy it happened to sound like they were yeah. saying a, a a mystery man and it happened to sound cool and <laughs> yeah. catch on and he yeah. like totally just ran with it. Yes. Yeah, and it's 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 just happenstance that they happen to be in Italy and then, you know, of course Spider-Man said it to him and yeah. he's like, "Oh yeah, let's go with that," yeah. you know. Um so let's let's talk briefly about sort of the idea um we know that it wasn't Fury and it wasn't Agent Hill. So, like, let's. I don't want to talk too much about like what they did or didn't do during the movie because we know it wasn't them. So yeah. let's talk kind of about that. It was the crawl. It was ta- uh, Talos, and uh, was that his wife or just uh, another person? It's really tough to say. I would say probably, but yeah. we don't. I don't. I don't know that we. I'm sure if you look at. Let's see if I can find the cast. Okay. Um, well, while you're doing that, I'll just kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, please. Uh, so he, it, yeah, it is supposed to be his wife, Soren. Okay, so interesting that you know they were sort of put in charge of you know pretending to be Fury and Agent Hill. I, I guess to handle whatever was happening, um, and it you know it makes me wonder if they just thought they were handling this whole elemental thing with Mysterio. And they're like, Oh, well tell Fury when he gets back. Cause yeah. sort of the, 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 the gist of that last scene, um, it's kind of like, you know, we got to tell Fury what's going on. And, and I don't know whether that's because they didn't realize Mysterio was a bad guy and like mm-hmm. Fury knew about Mysterio and he mm-hmm. didn't know or B- Fury didn't know any of it was happening. Yeah. I, so my take on it is, and and this is all like uncharted. We have no idea. Like there's like hopefully a future movie will. Yeah. But this is the end of the book as far as we're all concerned. So right. We don't know what the next one's gonna be. But my my reading on it is that and it all comes from that that very final scene where he was for some reason Nick Fury has tasked Talos with handing the glasses and the only way it would work is if he pretended to be Nick Fury, and and then like coincidentally that's when this whole quentin beck thing you know and we know it's not so much of a coincidence because quentin beck was aware the handoff was happening and that's the whole reason he did his thing and my interpretation of it is that talos completely fell for it like hook line and sinker and was like okay well i'll get to fury at some point but like we got to deal with this right now and this quentin beck seems to know what's going on yeah and because he even mentions like how embarrassed he is (laughs) that that he was as a shapeshifter, he was fooled by yeah. deception. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't know why you wouldn't just call Fury right away. But Fury looks like he's on some kind of spaceship or something. Right. Uh, far that was away. a funny we, scene. Like you think he's on vacation, but he was just sort of in a little like room. Yeah. So yeah, see, he, he's on the spaceship with what? Is that more? Uh, crawl. S- what are they called? Scroll. S- scrolls. S- scrolls. Uh, yeah, I think so. More scrolls. Um, 
that's what it looked like to me. You didn't get a really good look at any of them. And he tells everybody to get back to work. Yeah. And then asks who's got his shoes. Right. <laughs> and then that's pretty much all we know about it. But there's another little clue when Talos is kind of doing the phone call. He says, people are asking where the Avengers are. And I don't know what to say to that. Yeah. Implying that he's covering for the fact that the Avengers just like aren't around. Yeah. Yeah. They're off doing something. But they obviously don't want people to know that they're not there because they were making up excuses. You know, Doctor Strange is unavailable. Thor yeah. is off world. And we like Thor being off world tracks. We we know he left with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, he mentions Captain Marvel and Nick Fury's don't invoke her name, you know, really comes to it's when you think about it. It's really Talos saying that. Yeah. Uh, maybe Talos is like, don't talk about Captain Marvel. She doesn't, you know, she doesn't work for you. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, he's obviously I'm sure the scrolls have a very deep respect. Yeah. You know to captain marvel because of what she did for them right. but the you know they kind of just kind of dismiss them and and that's the thing you kind of have to do in these solo films why aren't the avengers helping uh they they kind of play with that a little bit because you see quentin says twice avengers level threat which yeah. is a very meta thing right. <laughs> to say you know yeah well and i, I mean i think a, what's interesting is that he's not a superhero he's like a person and so you you can almost like a lot of his commentary on it is is meta commentary on these films. Like he yeah. has, we don't know whether he was snapped and unsnapped or blipped as they're calling it now. Yeah. Um, but he has lived through all of this and observed it the same way we have as the audience. Yeah. Um. So you know he, you know. So, like, uh, us as the audience, we think of things as being, that's an Avengers-level threat. Like, he's part of the world that is the audience. He understands the audience because he's been part of it for so long. And now he wants to pander to that audience because he thinks he understands it so well. Uh, Yeah. And and he, uh, I I just, I I really like the idea that he, you know, he's not a superhero. He does have this army of weaponized drones that he could probably use to stop threats that attacked Earth, you know. But, like, what is his goal? Is he planning to, you know, we know he's creating this threat that he thinks people will buy and so that he can be the hero. You know, it's a very classic tale, you know. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm the, the disease and the cure all in one, yeah. so I've cornered the market. Right. Um, but, like, is his plan then after that happened, would he keep engineering these events to keep people interested or would he just kind of sit back and wait for the next event and use his drones to like summon some kind of like mega robot or whatever illusion to right. make it look like, you know, would he try his hand at being a superhero if he got his way? I don't know. You almost get the impression that, I mean, the story he's selling his team is that like, look, we're all really smart. Like we all know what's yeah. going on. If we were the ones in charge, we'd be able to do it way better. So like you, you almost, yeah. you kind of do believe him. That he 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 wants to maybe do the right thing, but he also is unhinged. Clearly, yes. he he thinks he's right and he thinks he would do it better. But we can see just from the way he handles conflict within his own team, he would be definitely a corrupt, yeah, you know, superhero. Right. He would he would not be a good guy. Yeah, you know, he's not misunderstood. He is he is kind of a, a jerk. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I I agree with you. I think he. He, the the things he says about Tony Stark and Peter Parker are very disparaging. Mm-hmm. You know, why why them? Why not me? Yeah. It's a very, um, you know, something we might, you, you see in these kind of superhero movies for the people who don't have powers. It's like, it's not fair. You know, why do they get the superpowers 
and I'm super smart and, you know. Yeah. And it, it doesn't really work if your targets are Tony Stark and Peter Parker because they're also super geniuses. Yeah. And Tony Stark doesn't have superpowers. He's just a super genius. Yeah. I mean, his superpower maybe is his bank account. Sure. Uh, but, yeah, he, you know, it, th- those are probably, <laughs> like, the two people that, like, don't pull at those threads. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, you know, they're the real deal. But well, and he even says I, that to Peter at one point, and, and it, which is like a, a little nice um, hint at what's to come. He says, you know, don't ever apologize for being the smartest person in the room. Yeah, it, implying that he he knows how that feels. Yes, absolutely. You feel this. He does have, um, you know, he 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 dupes Peter, but he does have, you know, uh, I think a sympathy sure. for him. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, you know, he has no problem, like I said, killing him. He, yeah. he has no, absolutely no moral compunction about that at all. Yeah. Let's let's talk um, about the other sort of facet of this movie, which is the teen rom-com aspect. Yeah. Um, I think I think that tone is is always fun, and I think they they hit it perfectly in the first one, and they they do it again here, like the little the budding romance, the flirtation the agony of like such minor teenage drama <laughs> yeah you know i think yeah. they, they hit those things really well so like it, it and then the the awkward smooch between mj and peter yes. like the, it's a nice payoff and it's cute and it feel you know it feels like they they hit those notes perfectly yeah i think it uh well you said uh it really is 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 an important thing there because you've got like the whole thing with Brad also going after MJ. Yeah. That's given to Peter the same level of threat as like <laughs> right. this other elemental thing. And obviously, once you know his friends' lives are in danger, he, he you know he he picks the right course. But you know, like he's literally using Edith yeah. <laughs> to like you know, which is meant to protect the world. Yeah. to delete that picture of him off his phone. <laughs> right, and almost uh, destroys everyone. In, in, <laughs> and almost pulls up so. the bus. Yeah, yeah. So that's great. And speaking of Brad, who is, you know, the I think the only person we see who was not blipped. Um, oh, yeah. Although Martin Starr has a great line on the plane when he <laughs> yeah, talks about wife. how his wife <laughs> pretended to be blipped. Yeah. Oh, man. That's so sad. And, and yeah. He, yeah. Oh, it's so it's so great. Just the delivery. You know, oh, we had a fake funeral. Well, the funeral was real. Do you want to see the video? Yeah. Like he's going to show <laughs> Peter the video of the funeral he held for his wife who ran away with somebody else. Oh, it's so sad. Um, but the the opening video, which we haven't talked about, uh, where, you know, because we get the cold open in Mexico, but then during the oh, yeah. Marvel yeah. Studios logo, we hear uh, Whitney Houston, <laughs> I will always love you. Yeah. And you're like, what is this? And then in uh, memoriam in Comic Sans. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just all this like, you know, stock photos. Bad Photoshop. And- you know, oh my gosh yeah. it killed me the the picture of vision who's like well like for, first it's like some like promotional photos of captain america tony stark and then obviously like a stock news photo of black widow yeah. at like the un or something <laughs> and then this grainy like cell phone picture of vision they like blew up to be the same size as the <laughs> right. other ones it's just again it's that picture perfect 
you know, um, high school, like morning announcements, yeah. you know, yeah. that low production quality with the candles, with Getty images, yeah. watermark on it. <laughs> yeah. And, and the reveal, um, again, another way to just keep things light and keep it fun when they show the blip happening during like a marching band thing yeah. in the gym. Yeah. And then they come back during the basketball game yeah. five years later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pretty funny. Yeah. I, I love that. I love that kind of lighthearted take on it it's like it's okay to laugh about this we're not we're not going to focus on the sad parts like this is this is a fun superhero movie yeah yeah um and th- you know the comedy was on point the whole time um his friend ned uh it was good he had an, a funny little story arc that he fell for and briefly dated the yeah. the the nerdy girl um i don't even know her name yes betty uh, brant betty um yeah and then like they break up as soon as they get back so it's just like a little you know vacation fling um but that was a pretty funny little uh plot device in the comics betty brant and ned Leeds both work for the daily bugle they're co-workers of peter parker's and not classmates okay and they're actually they get married in the comics (laughs) (laughs) so that's a neat little uh easter egg there yeah even though those characters, you know, very different path, they still kind of mm-hmm. tie. But it's, you know, it's mainly just a joke because yeah. that was Ned's whole thing is we're going to be single in Europe and yeah. and immediately gets in that relationship. And they, they do the shorthand, like where they're always saying babe to each other yeah. just to show that they're an annoying uh, couple. <laughs> right. Um, we kind of glossed over MJ a little bit. We talked about the relationship, but MJ herself, Zendaya, in this film is great. Yeah, uh, I'm she... so glad they gave her a bigger role Absolutely. in this instead of the weird kid in the background. Uh, and, and we get to see that she, you know, obviously does have feelings for Peter. So uh-huh. it's nice to see that. But she still gets to stay true to her character. Yep. Um, and her whole, like, you know, kind of competition with Ned over, like, who's known he was Spider-Man longer. Yeah. And, like, yeah. she figured it out on her own. Uh-huh. And, that was all good. And that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Really good. Um, and uh, there was... Oh, and then, of course, speaking of the cast, uh, you know, Flash Returns. And uh, Flash Thompson, the bully. And oh, yeah, yeah. He's even more of a Spider-Man super fan in this one. I, that was probably one of the best lines, I think, in the movie was when he was <laughs> talking about Spider-Man. And he was like, he makes me want to be a better man. And then he notices Peter's there. He's like, oh, hey, what's up, dickwad? <laughs> I thought you drowned. Yeah. <laughs> and then he winks at him. <laughs> Yeah. yeah and then uh later on when he uh happen he's looking at people's text messages uh he sees mm-hmm. uh what's the f- character's name uh, uh flash thompson flash okay is it the character's yeah. name okay so he sees flash's yeah, text flash. message that says uh mother i have not heard from you or father for days <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah there's this nice like current of like sadness you yes, know when he and goes i love to the it airport. like you feel sort of bad for him like that's yes. why he's a bully because like he's deeply unhappy yeah, <laughs> yeah it definitely falls up like bullies are always a like a tragic story yeah. on some level yeah. you know and it's it's true for him when he goes to the airport and you know to get picked up by his driver yeah. and not his parents and he was like yeah a know. mother couldn't make it <laughs> he's he's very much that's a very um i mean that character flash is different from the comic book character in almost every way, except for the uh, devotion to Spider-Man 
uh for like even like in in um in all the storylines in the comics where spider-man is being framed for crimes Mm -hmm. or the public hates him flash is the only person who always believes spider-man is a good guy (laughs) and it's not fair what the media is doing to him and you know like there's whenever it's like oh spider-man really he like i guarantee you in the next movie when all the fallout from the end of this movie comes out like flash will be the only person like there's no way spider-man did that (laughs) because that's just who he is he loves spider-man and hates peter parker and just the i just i always will find that hilarious yeah (laughs) Yeah. um i i like to get a little sense too of uh you know the in the last two movies you know he had that nanotech suit and he wore it a little bit in this one but i really love the return to the cloth suit because that is a very um you know in the comics spider-man still uses tech and he has like his suit does have advanced stuff but he doesn't need the you know the armor that tony stark would use yeah. you know he's super strong already uh-huh. uh he's obviously incredibly tough he got hit by a train in this like he's always getting the crap kicked out of him yeah and he's fine so it's it's nice and you need that for spider-man i think for spider-man to work he has to be a guy who just gets pummeled all the time right you know he's he doesn't have the life experience that other superheroes have he doesn't have the fighting uh-huh. techniques you know he gets his butt kicked and it's through his sheer will yeah. that he's able to succeed um, so I, I like the return of the, the cloth uh, costume for him, but when he's trying to get the glasses from Flash, he kind of backhands them it and completely knocks, knocks him out cold. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is again just a reminder that he is a superhuman. He is very very strong. Yeah. And when he panics, he's he accidentally uh, renders people unconscious. <laughs> so let's talk <laughs> about the end, the the framing. Yes. So, uh, what did you think about that? So, I thought it um, definitely changed the to- the tone of the movie as a whole. Um, yeah. I-, I think without that, I would have like just been like, hmm, yeah, what a nice little movie. But that definitely like complicates things. Yeah. Um, and presumably, because you see uh, the guy with the glasses, you see him downloading something and sort of presumably getting away. Like they mm-hmm. haven't apprehended that whole team clearly. And I'm assuming that's something, you know, they had, they either, you know, either faked it again, or that was something he recorded as a contingency that, but that guy clearly has released it in a sort of, you know, architect behind this, whether, you know, mysterious, whether that guy Quentin actually put it together or not, or whether the other guy did doesn't matter. Right. They're trying to still on some level keep with the same plan, which is, you know, uh, glorify this fake superhero. Um, yeah. And well, there, there's definitely this um, underlying, especially when it came out, you know, this came out just last summer. Um, and so uh, it's got this timeliness where it's kind of, it's about fake news and, mm-hmm. you know, people will believe what I tell them to believe. Yeah. And, you know, you have this supervillain convincing the world that he was really a good guy and <laughs> yep. Spider-Man's the bad guy <laughs> yep. uh, through manipulated, you know, and, and you know, the other stuff, you know, the, the elementals were fake, but in a much more elaborate way, like this thing that he did with Spider-Man was just editing the, yeah, right. <laughs> the, what he said, you know, uh-huh. and, and, and adding some of his own dialogue to make it seem like, you know, to take Spider-Man's words out of context. Yeah. Um, and so like, I remember like watching the theater being kind of like, it was a little chilling, uh-huh. you know, to see like, this is real. Like this is something that could happen today. Yeah, you yeah. know, absolutely. You don't need special fancy technology yeah. to do this. My, I mean, honestly, um, like it, 
it, I've never really felt, I was never like worried or anything watching the movie for any of the characters, you know, but in that mm-hmm. moment, my stomach kind of dropped a little bit. That was like the realest yeah. this movie ever got, I felt like. Yes. And, you know, it definitely ties into the traditional Spider-Man experience, you know, in the comics. Spider-Man is normally portrayed in newspapers and stuff as a menace. And, you know, it, there's people who might see the real thing, but like he's he's always got like a PR problem. Yeah. Spider-Man does. And his um, superhero identity in the comics, superhero, you know, your secret identity is, a, you know, a much bigger thing. Some some superheroes have them and some don't. Um, Spider-Man famously is one that always has it and like needs to have it because mm-hmm. uh, he's just a kid. Um, and the MCU, he's pretty much the only superhero with the secret identity. Everybody else is out. Yeah. Um, and so his, with him getting his revealed, um, when that happened in the comic books and, you know, it happened, I I think I mentioned this, uh, he had to make a deal with the devil named Mephisto, a demon to like erase everyone's memory and reset the world. And I don't think they're going to be able to do that in the MCU (laughs) and have people feel okay about it. Uh So, uh, I have no idea what's going to happen. Interesting. It was it was a great ending um, where he's saying, like, what the F, you know, and it cuts yeah. right there, uh, which is obviously a, a callback and a mirroring of the ending of the first Spider-Man when oh, yeah. uh, Aunt May finds out he's Spider-Man. Yeah, and that's yeah, what she yeah. says. And it cuts. <laughs> this is obviously a bigger deal, right? <laughs> uh, you know, for Spider-Man. Right. Um, but it, it's always because he wants to, you know, protect his, his loved ones. That's why he keeps his identity a secret. He mm-hmm. doesn't have billions of dollars or the benefit of all of his loved ones being dead like captain america or tony stark you know he's he's got loved ones that are vulnerable that he needs to protect yeah um so let's do the pop quiz what do you think while yeah, we're talking come about on all this aaron's pop quiz corner oh yeah okay so jk simmons played uh J. jonah jameson in a cameo at the end of this film yeah uh he's the non-superpowered quasi-villainous rival to spider-man and he's the boss of Peter Parker in the comics. He's the editor of the Daily Bugle. Uh, here it's a website, thedailybugle.net, which is awesome. Yeah. But in the comics, of course, in the 60s, it was a newspaper. Peter Parker was a photographer, and J. Jonah Jameson was the editor who hated Spider-Man and always wanted to make sure he looked like a villain. Um, so uh, so J.K. Simmons plays him in this movie. In the Sam Raimi trilogy, what actor famously portrayed him? And you don't get any options on this. Portrayed the same character? Same character, J. Jonah Jameson. Uh, I think I know the answer, and it is also, it is him. It is J.K. Simmons. That's right. J.K. Simmons, uh, in a very shocking surprise move. This was a very well-kept secret. Nobody knew this. It was yeah. going to happen. J.K. Simmons reprised his role from a non-Marvel Studios film Yeah. Uh, to be J., uh, J. Jonah Jameson. Uh, this never happened. Of course, everybody who's appeared in the MCU that was in a previous iteration has been completely recast. Uh-huh. And why wouldn't you? You know, a lot of those things are old. Um, sometimes even within the MCU, you get recast. Um, but J. Jonah Jameson, uh, J.K. Simmons' portrayal of him is widely considered to be um, perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, the I, I think we've talked about this. Um, Nick Fury, uh, as played by Samuel L. Jackson, um, in the comics, they, you know, Nick Fury is from a long time ago, like the 40s, 50s, and 60s, but then they kind of rebooted him in the 2000s to be in the Ultimate Universe, and they modeled him after Samuel L. Jackson. Okay. Around, around the turn of the century. I think I recall you saying that. Yes. And so then when they made the movies, and Samuel L. Jackson gave them their okay, he says, as long as if you make a movie, 
about Nick Fury, it's me. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, sure, we love that. And so that, you know, became um, art imitating life. But in this case, you almost have to believe that if you read the original comics from the 60s, you have to believe that Stanley had and, and Steve Ditko had a time machine and like went to see J.K. Simmons and were like, oh, let's base <laughs> our J. Jonah Jemison off it because it is it is him. Like yeah. he is that character. Yeah. And of course, you know, like 40 years later in 2002, when, when they did Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, uh, they cast him. Everybody was like, of course, what the genius casting. That is, <laughs> he is that guy. Right. And it would have been so disappointing if they had recast him for this. And and in the amazing Spider-Man, the, the reboot that came after Sam Raimi and before these, um, they didn't cast anybody. They, that role wasn't a, okay. a, a character in it. Um, because how would you, how could you ever cast somebody that wasn't J.K. Simmons? Yeah. yeah. And, um, so it's fantastic that he's in this. It, 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 I mean, he's just completely embodies that character. Um, but yeah, it's a neat little tie back, and nobody was expecting it at all. I got some more trivia for you. This was the first Spider-Man film to cross a billion dollars. Um, you know, we're in that era where basically Including MCU films. all of the old Spider Spider-Man Spider. That's right, Spider-Man's. The old Spider-Man's. Uh, that's right. This is the first one, including uh, Homecoming. We're in the era now where if it's a MCU film, it's probably going to make a billion dollars. Uh-huh. Pretty close to it. I mean, Ant-Man and the Wasp, <clears throat> I think, broke that streak because they didn't quite make a billion, but they still made a lot of money. Yeah. But uh, so this is the first time Spider-Man made a billion dollars. Most lucrative film Sony has ever made. And um, <clears throat> there was um, some controversy in the headlines. So this movie came out in July. And in August, Sony announced that they were going to pull Spider-Man out of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They um, had 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 an alliance where they were going to work together. Yeah. And um, but then they Disney wanted to renegotiate the deal. And so Sony and them couldn't agree. So Sony says, you know what? We're just not going to continue it. We're done. And that meant that Spider-Man 3 would not be part of the MCU, would not be Marvel Studios. Uh, which means that they couldn't reference things like Iron Man, Thanos, the snap, uh-huh. happy couldn't be in it. None of the stuff wow. um, that was outside of the Spider-Man movie could be in it. I and mean, we could still see Tom Holland as Spider-Man. In fact, he would be contractually obligated to appear in it. Mm. But um, not only would they not be able to use any MCU stuff, but then any future MCU films would not be able to reference Spider-Man. He would just vanish. Wow. And given the ending of this film, that's particularly upsetting because it's on a cliffhanger. Yeah. And, you know, Mysterio is tied to Iron Man and Tony Stark, you know, like how, what do you even do with that? Right. Um, So people got really upset. And the conflict was around, part of the original deal was that Disney would get 5% of the box office revenue. So out of a billion dollars, it's like $50 million. It's not bad, but, you know, it's a billion dollars and they want some of that money. And Uh Disney felt like, we did more than 5% of the work. Yeah. We, we you know, you're, you're tying into our thing. We want to take another look at this now that you're making a billion dollars, which is something you were not able to do on your own. Yeah. And <clears throat> so they said, let's do 50-50. Um, it was a co-financing thing. You know, the idea is that, like, we'd each put in 50% of the budget and we'd each get 50% of the profits. Mm-hmm. Um, but, of course, when you're talking about a Spider-Man film, it, it doesn't matter what you put into it. I mean, it's going to print money so uh-huh. like it's not about the you know 150 million they'd have to put up to get the rewards you know you're talking about half a billion dollars probably on the next one and so sony was not interested um so but the dispute got publicized because sony announced it 
and you know people were really upset tom holland was upset he's a big mcu fan oh. he didn't want to not have to work with his friends that he'd made yeah. you know and all that stuff so he actually um sent bob Iger, the the ceo of disney an email you know trying you know just saying like hey thanks for everything you've done i really hope we can work together in the future and bob Iger's like let's actually talk on the phone so he called tom holland when he was out at a bar one night <laughs> and tom holland had been drinking and uh, took the call because, you know, he's like, this guy's, you know, it's Bob Iger. I can't just not take his call. And they got to talking and Tom Holland ad admits that he was weeping on the phone <laughs> <laughs> and was like, please, you can make this work. Please figure out a way to make it work. I don't want to not be in the MCU anymore. And uh, a month later, it announced it was announced that Sony and Disney had worked it out. Wow. And, and yeah, so Spider-Man 3 will be part of the MCU. Did they They're going to do so what, so what did it? What 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 got the deal through? Well, so the 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 um the details of the final deal like are the kind of things that like they're probably not going to announce, you know, like even that 5% is kind of speculated. Uh -huh. Um so they've just said we've reached an agreement. Interesting. Um so I I'm sure they compromised. I I'm sure that Disney's not getting 50%. Um, but I'm sure it's more than 5%. Yeah. And, you know, the argument is like maybe Disney, and, you know, the how the talks broke down, you know, we don't know. But this is kind of what happened last time with Spider-Man, where like the talks broke down, it got leaked to the press. And then all of a sudden they found a deal once the public yeah. had their outcry, uh -huh. you know, and this kind of happened the same way this time. Yeah. And so you got to wonder if this is parts of their negotiation tactic, you know, maybe Disney wasn't looking for 50%, but they knew they wanted more than five, uh -huh. and, you know, but whatever it is, they worked it out. So um, it was supposed to come out in um, um, the summer of 21. But of course, because of coronavirus, everything's been delayed. And they just announced that Spider-Man's going to be delayed. So it's going to be November 5th, 2021. Now, I heard that <laughs> Sam Raimi is going to direct a new Spider-Man. Is that the so, one he directed? Or is he? Is that just so in the future? He is going to direct, actually, the new Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. That's what I heard. Yep, 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 yeah. yep. Uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. <laughs> And again, multiverse, yep. you know, they yep. mentioned the multiverse in this movie. Yeah. Um, Doctor Strange is also um, one of the only superheroes that Steve Ditko created with everything else is Jack Kirby. Uh -huh. But Spider-Man and Doctor Strange are both Steve Ditko creations. Okay. So Sam Raimi definitely has a connection to both of those. Yeah, that's, that's so cool. So that's going to be very exciting. That. Yeah. People are speculating that Doctor Strange and Spider-Man are going to become kind of linked. I mean, they have already met in a previous movie. Yeah. But through that Ditko connection, through the multiverse connection, right. because Spider-Man is, in the comics, um, is a, a dimension-hopping superhero. Not yeah. on purpose, but he, you know, that's what Into the Spider-Verse is all about. Yeah. Like, that's a, a thing with Spider-Man. There's all these um, alternate universe Spider-Men, and they get together sometimes to do things. Yeah, Spider-Man. Yeah, that's right. And so... Um, and because Sam Raimi is directing Doctor Strange and Sam Raimi directed the Spider-Man movies, you know, like maybe people are speculating, like, would Tobey Maguire show up as like that universe's Spider-Man? And like, you yeah. know, like, will there be like a merging of the MCU? Who knows? And that's very exciting. That could almost retcon all of those Spider-Mans and just be like, that was just a different uh, universe. Yeah. That was just a different uh, version. And in, of course, the comic books... 
that is literally the case. Uh, the the Sam Raimi Spider Man movies are literally another comic book universe. Okay, huh. <laughs> and so like you could you could find that Sam Raimi. I mean, yeah, that Sam Raimi Spider Man is somebody that the Peter Parker from Earth Six One Six might actually have an adventure with. Yeah, because, interesting. Uh, and, the MCU is another comic. It has a, a it has an Earth designation. Mm-hmm. It's all very nerdy. But uh, <laughs> one of the things that really draws me to these movies is the idea that it's like the same characters and the same like general, you know, kind of the same cast of characters, but in different stories retold over and over again. Yeah. And like sometimes it's different, and sometimes uh, the characters are different, or sometimes there's new characters. But it's like becomes almost this like mythology. Yeah. That's like told and retold. And, uh, you know, all these different archetypes, that's very exciting to me. And I always, I'm always kind of relishing a reboot or a new version of it. You know, uh-huh. it's like, what are they going to, what, what creative things are they going to do with this story? Uh, I, I, I've, I've, I think that's what I'm, I'm drawn to in these comic book yeah. films. Huh. So um, that's my trivia. Um, obviously, fitting into the larger narrative, we had the Stark callback uh-huh. um, to all those previous villains. Um, the scrolls are in this one, um, yeah. referencing in game. Yeah. Anything else that you picked up on? Um, I mean, you hit it. I think, you know, clearly something large is afoot that we will find out later on. Um, maybe something that kicks off or is related to the big story arc of phase four, whatever that's going to be. But obviously fury is right. off doing something big. Like, you know, right. he's on a spaceship in space with like, so something's happening. This is we're at the point now, Nick, where you know as much about it as I do, because well, it's I've seen the movies. We'll say that <laughs> as far as what's going to happen next. Yeah, yeah, say. sure, sure, sure. <laughs> you probably have done a lot more reading than I have and have some theories of your own. But yeah, um, it, it, how do you feel about that? Um, I'm excited. I trust them. I think whatever they do next will be good. It's still yeah. the same creative team behind everything. So, so all right. So let me ask you this. I have I've gone through phase ones, two, and three. Phases one, one, two, and three, uh, very quickly. Um, I mean, in less than a year, I've watched all of these movies. And yeah. you've when did you start watching? It wasn't right away, but it was pretty soon after. Within a few years, right? Yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. I mean, I probably watched the first Iron Man. Um, I don't think I saw it in theaters, but I'm pretty sure I saw it right, right when it came out. Um, so I probably started watching in 2009. Okay, so you've had over a decade of thinking about mm-hmm. this and experiencing these movies and looking, particularly not knowing what was going to happen next and looking forward to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like... Now I'm finally in that boat. I have to wait yeah. to find out with everyone. <laughs> like, yeah. what is that like? I mean, do you, so you really do trust them that like, do you think there's, do you think that phase four will turn into this big story arc that ultimately tops phase three? Will like, will we look back at, you know, the infinity war and the infinity stuff is like, well, we thought that was a big deal then. But this is like the real threat. <laughs> I think it'll probably be unequal to it. I think they'll yeah. they'll build to another Thanos level threat, uh-huh. and I I don't know how you can get much bigger than threatening to destroy life in the universe. <laughs> Unless they really really hang their hat on the idea of the multiverse. That, That's true. You know, because that was just one. You know, he's going to destroy That's life true. in one instance of the multiverse. <laughs> yeah, um, That's know. true. I um but yeah I, I I think we'll we'll see building um 
each like major storyline will kind of build to that kind of crescendo yeah and then and then fall off and i i'm just i can't imagine like the idea of 23 films in a series is insanity <laughs> and the idea that they'll probably do another 20 yeah like before like the they run out of gas or something happens uh i mean they've got dated movies like not just they've got movies that are obviously in the works that haven't been dated yet but they have announced dates for one two three four five six seven eight movies wow <laughs> eight more movies that are going to come out in the next um three years that's crazy so yeah so, so I mean, you know like, there's a they, list somewhere that like what, has got like a tentative hypothetical like 20 year timeline like of the next <laughs> yeah. you know 30 movies yeah and and you know they um the, with all the pressure you know there's that I think there is a pressure to make sure it's all interconnected and it all works. Yeah. You know, they're not flying by the seat of their pants anymore like they were with the first Iron Man. Uh-huh. Um, speaking of that, let's let's talk about. Um, oh, oh, did you did you um, get a chance to 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 rank these films? Oh no, no, I didn't. <laughs> That's um, okay. You know what? I, I I we can talk about it later. But I was thinking it might be fun to do a little follow up um, to this um, in the interim. Um, with, you know, and we can kind of recap going through what it was like to and talk about kind of like what we're doing now, but sort of the general story arc of MCU. Oh, I, I am, uh, I'm on board. I like that. Okay. And we could also talk about what the future of this is going to take. And so, but yeah, but well, I will do great. that for that. Okay, great. So let's talk about next week's film for a minute. Uh, <laughs> so, there, there isn't one. Um, but here is, I mentioned eight films that are, are dated and coming out. Uh-huh. So this, these are the next eight MCU films. And of course the dates have all been shifted around because of, uh, of course the coronavirus. Uh-huh. Um, and I would not be surprised if dates move again. Like yeah. these are probably not the final dates, but here's where we're at. Black Widow was supposed to come out May 1st uh-huh. um, of this year. Instead, it's coming out November 6th. Okay. And it'll be the only MCU film to release this year mm. for the first time since 2012, mm. which is kind of crazy to think about. Um, then after that, um, next year in 2021, we've got The Eternals, uh, Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. And of course, as I mentioned, Spider-Man 3 will all be coming out next year in 2021. Okay. And the Eternals has Kamel Nan- Nanjiani. It's the reason oh, why that's he's so why buff he got now. so jacked. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so then, in 2022, we'll have Thor: Love and Thunder, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, and then Black Panther two and Captain Marvel two. Cool. So the idea is probably that Black Panther two and Captain Marvel two were originally going to be in 2022, and Thor and Doctor Strange got moved there because of coronavirus. So chances are all four of those movies aren't going to come out in the first you know half of that year because yeah. that's insane. Right yeah, now yeah. the the release dates are February, March, May, and July. Uh-huh. So like that's probably not going to stick. Um, undated so far, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy three, but like undated but in production. Okay, Guardians of the Galaxy three, Blade. Oh, I'm excited about that. Me too. Uh, Deadpool 3. And then um, unannounced. Deadpool 3. But is that going to count as part of the MCU? (laughs) It is because Disney bought Fox. Fascinating. uh, Yeah, last year. So are they they going to keep it R rated? uh, They haven't officially said, but they have made. As far as I know, they haven't officially said, but they have made noises to the effect of Deadpool works when it's rated R. 
we don't want to mess with something that works okay that's cool so it it might still be released by fox instead of mcu we don't know yet we don't know what it's going to look yeah, like yeah. but um deadpool also has a penchant for breaking the fourth wall uh-huh. for crossing over into different universes he's already you know kind of linked the old x-men with the new x-men and done a lot of weird stuff there so he's the kind of person that actually would you know show up in the mcu and make a ton of references yeah so huh. um and then um they've unannounced officially but they've also with buying fox they've acquired fantastic four and the rest of the x-men and they have mentioned that they are interested in incorporating those elements into the mcu i'm gonna go ahead and say and this is i feel like the my my last i have to hold on to some vestige of like curmudgeonly old man that doesn't want to watch superhero movies i'm Uh super not interested in the x-men (laughs) <laughs> we'll see we'll see <laughs> that's what you said about this that's true um and then on disney plus i mentioned last week some t- uh, tv shows they've um got announced uh the falcon and, and the winter soldier which will uh-huh. come out apparently in august in, unless some of this stuff ends up getting delayed too uh and then wandavision is what it's going to be called it's going to follow scarlet witch mm-hmm. and vision apparently we don't know what that looks like but okay. that's going to be december of this year uh, the Loki show comes out next spring. Uh-huh. Hawkeye in the fall of next year. And then there's going to be an animated uh, show called What If. And I'm super excited about this. Huh. In, in the comics, What If is where they take, you know, like uh, a major plot or story arc from the comics. And they say, what if it went differently? What if this happened instead? And they explore that alternate universe in a little like one issue thing. Yeah. And so they're going to do a comic series. I mean, uh, uh, an animated show. And each episode will be like, what if this happened differently in the MCU? Huh. And they're going to have the actual cast voice their characters. That's cool. I'm super looking forward to it. Yeah. It's all some of my favorite comics are the what ifs. Uh-huh. Um, so after hearing all that, Nick, uh, where's your Marvel interest meter now into the future? I mean, I, I think you've permanently like ratcheted it up, like pretty high. <laughs> so like, I, yeah. I don't like, foresee myself missing any of these. I don't know that like it, uh, you've mentioned a few coming out, um, next year that I've, n- I'd never heard of. So if the trailer doesn't particularly grab me, it might be mm-hmm. the sort of thing that I wait till it comes to Netflix or streaming. Sure. But I don't foresee myself not watching any of this at this point. Well, that's very yeah, do, exciting. Do you, don't to you me. feel good about yourself? <laughs> I do. Done. I I've I've done a good deed uh. by uh, expanding your horizons. <laughs> and but I want to thank you so much for uh, having an open heart and and coming with me on this journey. Absolutely. It's it honestly. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a ton of fun. Well, well that's what it's all about. And um, so. We we've definitely talked about at the very least doing an episode for Black Widow. The intention was to have this release um, right around the time Black Widow released, so we could do it and slot it in yep. right at the end. Yeah. And of course, <laughs> uh, the virus had other plans, so that's not going to happen for a very long time. Mm-hmm. But uh, so it, you know, it, we're at least going to make sure we do that kind of recap episode. Yeah, so, so that'll be coming out. Stay tuned, everybody, for a recap episode coming. Um, we can't promise it'll be next week, but in the next couple of weeks. And yeah. we're going to talk about maybe future plans for this space. Um, we have a couple other ideas that we're kicking around. Absolutely, yeah. Stay subscribed uh, to this uh, podcast feed and make sure you're following us on Instagram and Facebook and all that fun stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, Nick, even though there's no more, 
you still, you gotta watch this. for listening to our podcast we want to hear from you you can reach out to us on email at you gotta watch this podcast at gmail.com you can also reach us at facebook or instagram at you gotta watch this podcast or on twitter at gotta underscore watch thanks